Hello, and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Yes, and thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support us even more, you can leave a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And if you're new here, you should know that if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. They're awesome. They're funny. You should do it. And we also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff over on TeePublic, so head there if you want to check it out. And as always, follow us all over social media. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, Hey Hero, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. Visit our website. You could see transcripts there. You could see some charts. You could learn about us. You could book a reading with Dana. So let's get into today's topic. Dana, what are we covering? Today, we're talking about Hillsong Church. Ooh, yes, Hillsong Church. And that is a mega church that's part evangelical, part Australian, part Grammy-winning music group, part wannabe hype beast. So a lot of hyphens there (laughs) with this church. But the church is known as one of the most influential mega churches in America, and its pastors skyrocketed in popularity thanks to Justin Bieber, and other famous celeb parishioners. However, lately, the church has been facing a real PR nightmare thanks to the countless scandals and now even a Discovery Plus uh, docuseries spilling all the tea. Um, It's three parts. It's called Hillsong, colon, a megachurch exposed. (laughs) So before we learn about the church's astrology, let's hear how it all began. I love a three-part series Mm -hmm. exposing a (laughs) megachurch. But um, Hillsong is described by some as Australia's greatest cultural export. It's pretty sad. (laughs) I know. This weird church, but it has a hundred. Well, also, I guess that's like, you know how people are like, well, one of my friends is from New Zealand and she has like a hard bias against Australians. And I know the thing about Australia is people say like, do you know it's just a country made yeah. of prisoners? Yeah, so, so, like a jail nation. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this is its greatest cultural export. Sorry to our Australian listeners, because we do have some. Forgive yeah, also, me. Also, prisoners are cool. <laughs> so anyway, Hillsong has 131 churches in 30 countries 150 i think it's probably i said just only 150 but i think it's like 150,000 or a million weekly congregants and over 3 billion youtube views it was founded by this guy brian houston and his wife bobby brian was the senior global pastor at hillsong but he stepped aside for the time being which we'll get to later he's part new zealander part australian And, you know, he had a few siblings. They all grew up super Pentecostal, and his parents were even pastors themselves. And if you're not familiar with what Pentecostal is, uh, Pentecostalism is a type of Christianity that believes you have to have a very intense, transformative experience with the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of speaking in tongues, a lot of accepting Jesus as your personal savior. And they believe the Bible is completely true, and everything written is exactly as it happened, end of story. Yes. Also, I just remembered, remember, well, Catholic time, Pentecost. It's like that one day where, like, didn't the Holy Spirit come and, like, visit yeah. someone? I can feel like it's red. Cool, but I don't know. Speaking in tongues would freak me out. And I'm a Gemini, so I do it Yeah, for... that's saying a lot. 
So yeah, what's um Brian's big three? <laughs> okay, Brian was born on February 17th, 1954 in Auckland, New Zealand, and we don't know what time. So we don't know his rising, but we know he's an Aquarius sun and a Leo moon. And so the sun is in detriment in Aquarius because the sun is about our individual human spirit. And Aquarius is the sign of the masses. Um, the sun rules Leo, which is a sign fully contained within the summer season. And Aquarius season occurs in the dead of winter. So it kind of gives you an idea about why... The sun isn't always great there or doesn't feel comfortable. doesn't make him a bad person. But Aquarius suns are, like, concerned with their place among the crowd or the group and distinguishing themselves. And it's, like, pretty fitting uh, for a preacher, you know, who, like, deals with a group. Um, Leo moons require external validation as, like, their basic human need. Leo is the hype man of the zodiac and the moon is, like, <laughs> what we need to feel safe and secure in life. And Leo and Aquarius are opposite signs. And when the sun and the moon are in opposite uh, signs... It's a full moon, and full moons are all about, like, awareness and human relationships, which I think would be good for a pastor, maybe. Um, And the Leo full moon every year is, like, an interesting one because it's ruled by the sun in detriment, so it's kind of like a beacon of hope that occurs in the middle of winter. So maybe he thinks, you know, like, maybe he feels a little, like, that light, that spark in winter or something. Honestly, this chart is, like, big pastor energy. We. Yeah. Big pastor energy. Eventually, Brian gets older and, you know, he meets his wife. They move to Sydney and just like his chart might suggest, he becomes an assistant pastor to his dad, who at this point had his own Pentecostal megachurch himself. And Brian's like, this is great, but I think we need to update this vibe for the current decade. So he starts an offshoot of that church and that's what becomes Hillsong. So what was happening when Hillsong was founded? Okay, so Hillsong was founded um, in 1983, according to religion.fandom.com <laughs> slash wiki A slash very Hillsong Church. reputable <laughs> website. They said it was uh, formed in August in Sydney, Australia. And so since we don't have the exact date, I like, looked at the whole month of August 1983. And Jupiter, Uranus, Neptune, and the South Node were all in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the sign of religion yeah. and beliefs and preaching from like our soapbox. Sagittarius is, like, very fun, and a lot has to do with, like, being a full-on fanatic, speaking in tongues, perhaps. Um, Jupiter rules Sagittarius, and Jupiter is faith, belief, hope, idealization, and, like, reparation or integration, like a church. Uranus is shock, surprise, or extremism. Neptune is transcendence, deception, or, like, dissolution. Jupiter and Neptune especially speak to religious or, like, transcendent experiences, as well as, like, fanaticism and complete or utter delusion. I guess kind of, like, you know, what we need for religion or stuff. Um, or love. Um, but yeah, like finally the South Node is like an eclipse point and it points to what's comfortable in a society and often like what cultural conventions are being reviewed or reformed, changed maybe. Um, so that's kind of like what he did with his dad's church, right? He like wanted to update the church. And then in like a larger cultural context, it coincided with the satanic panic. But yeah, so interesting. In August 1983, Venus stationed retrograde in Virgo Square, the Sagittarius stellium that I just talked about. And Venus retrograde is like a time for reviewing values and love. Virgo is a sign of the virgin and like so it represents purity. Virgos are intelligent, observant, obsessive and like obsessive about achieving perfection. And so when it's square the Sag Stellium, uh, it would like be this like feeling of like compulsion to purify your beliefs and values. Since Venus is involved, like Venus is also money. So perhaps it could have been an opportunity to like capitalize on religion and I mean, that's kind of a hot take, but also Venus retrograded back into Leo, where it is all about loving yourself and individual values, which could also be about making your own money. 
I don't even know if you said that it was a for-profit church or not. I just kind of assume it is because um, Carl Lentz had a St. Laurent jacket. So (laughs) finally, though, in 1983, uh, in August 1983, Saturn entered Scorpio. So it started the month in Libra and entered Scorpio by the end of the month. This was also big satanic panic vibes. Saturn is like restriction, rules, discipline, and starvation. And Scorpio is the depths of like despair. So Saturn and Scorpio can relate to like shame and like wanting to purify the culture or like the individual, depending on who's trying to. That probably had a lot of people running to church. We. Well, also, I think this is interesting, too, just of the Venus retrograde and Virgo square, like all that sad stuff, because to me, that's like really like reviewing like your values. But also when it comes to like your day, like Virgo to me is very like daily duties, like the stuff that you have to do every day. And this church very much was its goal was to be able to be like Christian in your daily life and like almost like not let it fuck with the secular world like because you know when you think of someone that speaks in tongues you're like oh that person's like probably a freak but like this church they wanted you to be like oh like i could go do my like speaking in tongues thing but still like be cool about it and still like live my life like a normal person in society very concerned with being cool interesting speaking in tongues yet cool (laughs) (laughs) got it in tongues but make it fashion But yeah, I mean, Hillsong really sought out to modernize the church. They really wanted to take the whole Pentecostal thing and make it less polarizing to outside (laughs) society. So today they're known for their like younger, charismatic Pentecostal ministers, which GQ once referred to as hype priests and their very upbeat sermons. They even have their own app. Um, But the thing that really differentiates the megachurch and makes them popular is their music. Yes, they're very much into music in church services, but... You know, it's not like your normal old, like, kind of, we go to Catholic church, at least we were raised Catholic. So, you know, it's not that, like, sad, droll, <laughs> kind of, like, And certain. I will raise you <laughs> yeah. up on eagle's wings. This is I not. I that one. That's a, that's a funeral song, but eagle's honestly. Wings. The, I like e- honestly, <laughs> Catholics, like, Music is so bad that that used to be my favorite song. Like I was excited when I heard Eagles, Eagles Wings, Wings because even even though that meant that someone probably died, yeah. I was like, oh, at least it's a song that's like kind of fun. Yeah, that's okay. I like the Lord this, of the Dance. Dance yeah. for the scribe. Oh, that was a good one. That was like a closer. Dance and they wouldn't follow me. <laughs> dance for the yeah. fisherman for James and for John. That's they when you know it's me lit. The dance went on. Yeah. <laughs> when you finish, when church closes out with that, you're like, it's going to yeah. be, we're going it's out to lunch a shot now. of church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was not like that at all. Um, the music <laughs> at Hillsong is like a pop concert this one gq writer that did a profile on hillsong described the songs as like selena gomez grade ballads just with like christian lyrics so you know imagine like love you like a love song but only instead of those lyrics it would be like my savior on that cursed tree or the furious love laid waste to my sin so hard to imagine (laughs) honestly you know sometimes when you're like on a road trip and you're like trying to like tune to like stations and then you like hear something that sounds pretty good and then you realize you've accidentally stumbled (laughs) across a christian station and you're like ah they tricked me oh yeah 
but honestly, I mean, some of some of that shit is a bop. And like when <laughs> Hillsong's case, yeah, their music is so well done that they've literally won Grammys. They're platinum nice. selling. One of their singles hit almost one million streams in its first week. And all of this really attracts like, young churchgoers. And today their sermons are broadcast around the globe to 50 million people in 60 languages, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Besides the whole music thing, Hillsong is especially known for its celebrity following. So, you know, you've got Chris Pratt, Vanessa Hudgens, Kylie and Kendall Jenner, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Selena Gomez, Haley Baldwin, (laughs) and even... Bono haven't seen I know attend if I saw Bono at Hillsong I'd be like I really gotta check I just have to say there's a few flat earthers in that in that group that Sarah just mentioned so take that with a grain of salt so the celebrity thing even including the flat earthers is what put this church on the map but the celebrity that honestly like was their shot to fame was Justin Bieber baby boy yep Jay Biebs and Let's let's go all the way back to 2014, right? Justin Bieber was not the same Bieber he is in 2022. This was his year of like really acting a fool. And it started <laughs> with him like egging his neighbor's house for some reason, which he was later charged with misdemeanor vandalism. He got a DUI in Miami Beach, was charged with resisting arrest. He got a bunch of tattoos. He was charged with assault a bunch of times after getting into fights with a limo driver, a fan, various photographers, even Orlando bloom um though a lot of the charges were later dropped he just had this was really bad press year for him i mean to be fair i would also fight orlando bloom yeah (laughs) like someone who's like easy to fight oh for sure (laughs) but regardless justin was like a real wreck to the point that there was a petition to send him back to Canada, which I (laughs) forgot about, but then remembered when i saw that (laughs) and you know just because we're here Justin is hijacking this podcast for a second. What was going on his chart at this time in 2014? It was a pleasure to look at this as someone who has terminal Bieber fever. So Bieber is in a ninth house year in annual perfections, and he has cancer on his ninth house. Cancer is ruled by the moon, so the moon is his time lord. Um, and the ninth house is all about spirituality and religion, and like this is a year to get saved. In his Damn. solar return chart, Jupiter has conjunct his progress moon in cancer and is activated ninth house. Wow, so much Jupiter in this episode about religion. So the progress moon is like someone's chart or the progress moon in someone's chart will indicate the focal point of like their emotional development at that period of time. The sign it's in indicates like the agenda or the mood and like how their needs might be shifting. And the house it's in will be like the area of life where the events are unfolding. And so this could be especially significant since the moon was his time lord that year. And like I've been saying, Jupiter is the planet of faith and salvation. And so when it's on his progressed moon, it's showing like where his belief is shifting to accommodate his changing needs. And Saturn was in Scorpio in his first house uh, from October 2012 through December 2014. And it also crossed his like natal Jupiter. Actually, he has a whole first house stellium, uh, Jupiter, the North Node, Pluto and his ascendant. But yeah, so it crossed all these planets. But also, so it crosses natal Jupiter. That's a dual Jupiter activation. And when Saturn transits your first house, it's like an era that forces you to mature and take responsibility for your actions. If you're lucky and if you're unlucky, it could also be a time maybe when you're like punished or shunned from your community or society or, you know, slammed in the tabloids if you're famous. Also, this was during his Chiron opposition. And so Chiron is like the comet that is the wound that never heals or that can like really only be healed through relationship and like healing others. 
And the opposition is an aspect of like awareness. So it's probably a time where Justin like realized that he wasn't always going to be like the golden boy. He wasn't always going to be a child, even though he kind of like never really had a childhood. I feel like he was probably just dealing with a bunch of all that shit. Right. And so I'm really sad for how hard this must have been for him. But I'm proud for how he handled it and how hard he's come. (laughs) (laughs) That's my two cents. Also, too, I feel like with Jupiter, like. It obviously expands everything it touches. So besides religion, that's probably also why he was just being like a complete and other maniac that year. (laughs) Yeah, and it's trining his natal Jupiter and he has all these Pisces. So he's very water. And so with that cancer, it's like pulling in the third water sign. He doesn't have any cancer in his natal chart. So it could just be like water chaos, right? Yeah. Feelings, no uh, logic. One of the things I read about, one of the things that he did was he was smoking so much weed on his private plane with his dad that the pilots had to wear gas masks. (laughs) But anyway, the reason why all of this is so important is because this year, 2014, was how Justin met one of Hillsong's eventually most famous pastors, Carl Lentz. And this meeting was what catapulted the Hillsong Church to fame in the U.S. Yes. So a little bit about Carl Lentz. He's a dad, husband, and spoiler alert, former celebrity (laughs) pastor. He's known for his look, which is tattoos, hipster glasses, designer clothes, and for having a huge Instagram following. Before he was a regular on TMZ, profiled by GQ, interviewed by Oprah, and seen on Kourtney Kardashian's Instagram, he was just a regular dude from Virginia that like dropped out of college and eventually ended up in Australia studying theology. And this is where he met Hillsong uh, founder Brian Houston and got in touch with that church family. So then Carl was eventually asked to help open a Hillsong location in New York. So before we get more into him and his bromance with Jay Biebs, what is Carl's big three? Okay, so Carl Lentz was born on November 6, 1978 in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and we don't know a time. Um, but we do know that he has a Scorpio sun and either a Capricorn or Aquarius moon. The moon, like, changed signs late in the morning. So Scorpio suns are mysterious, dark, and, like, acquainted with human suffering. And they exploit this. We all know. Um, the sun <laughs> is the spirit. And Scorpio is, like, the guts or, like, the body, the roots of the earth. Scorpio is a water sign, which means it operates on intuition. And Scorpios channel that intuition, like, through their gut feeling. So they're always acting, like... Not just on like instinct of like the mind. It's like through their body in that way. And if his moon is in Capricorn, then like he might be reticent to indulge in his deep emotions, which could lead someone to the church. Um, The moon's in detriment in Capricorn, which means it operates like against its nature somewhat. And it could be denying like your needs in order to get a task done on a day. But in like your natal chart, that's your whole life. So if his moon's in Aquarius, though, it's still not going to indulge every emotion, but it'll have like a more detached point of view and like maybe be a bit more friendly and a a bit more like human oriented. Despite being a freak, he was super charismatic. So he was just living his best like Christian life when one day he gets a call from someone saying that, you know, they're like, yo, Carl, like we have someone, it's this young kid who's struggling and like you really need to help him. And Carl's like, okay, I am a man of Christ. So sure. And that young kid happens to be Justin Bieber. So they talk and Justin's allegedly like, hey, like, I really need to be baptized. I need to know Jesus. So um, I'm still not sure why, but besides, like, 
probably being a flex, Carl baptized Justin Bieber in NBA star Tyson Chandler's <laughs> bathtub. <laughs> I can't. And from that moment on, Justin apparently rededicated his life to Christ and Carl and him became super close. So close that Justin even lived with Carl, which is weird. That is weird. But yeah, Justin and Carl were often seen out together and people said their relationship was intense. (laughs) Um, Others said Carl was very influential on Justin and helped make many of his life decisions In fact, some people say that Carl was the one who told him to abruptly cancel his purpose tour, but Carl denies saying that Justin should cancel it. Regardless of what happened, they obviously have a very interesting relationship. So what is their bi-wheel like? And let us all recall that a bi-wheel helps us look at the synastry between two people. So we take each of those the charts we have, we overlap them, and from that we could see similarities and relationship dynamics. Okay, there is a lot going on in this chart. So Carl's Saturn and North Node are in Virgo, and this is conjunct Justin's Midheaven and Chiron. And Saturn is a planet of maturity and can relate to like father figures in one's life. And the North Node will add some sort of like magnetic uh, direction to this. The nodes feel like magnetic in terms of synastry, whether it's romantic or not. Chiron is the wound that needs like help from others in order to heal. And the Midheaven is the public self and social status, and it's especially significant when like you're looking at a famous person's chart. So this combination sort of shows how the relationship with Carl changed how Justin behaved in public, which ultimately transformed the public's perception of him for the better. And it seems like a good aspect convo for like fostering trust. Justin might have also felt like Carl was like the father figure he didn't really have. Like Jeremy was like renting Lambos with him and like, you know, what is it called? Drag racing in Hot Miami? Hotboxing private Hot jets. Hotboxing private jets. He did refer to him as his second father. Well, so there you interesting. go. And Carl's Saturn in Virgo is opposite Bieber's Saturn in Pisces. And so the Saturn opposition is like an interesting aspect between two people, especially in Virgo and Pisces. Virgo is service and purity and Pisces is like salvation and healing. And again, this is going to relate to like maturity and responsibility since we're talking about Saturn so like maybe they would butt heads about some things but ultimately I feel like they probably both helped each other grow at least at that point in time and Justin obviously I think I mean for the better in the long run I don't really know him personally so I'm just you know whatever Carl's (laughs) natal Venus retrograde is uh conjunct Uranus which is conjunct Justin's natal Jupiter and like Justin has a whole first house Scorpio stellium and so Venus retrograde in Scorpio is like really kind of about like breaking all of your bones in order to heal again you know when they do that like to set the bones it's just like pain you're like going through all of your pain in order to heal and like think about your values venus and scorpio often like signifies trust issues and like could really um, be a difficulty relating to other people which is true in like some extent for all scorpio placements uranus is shock and detours and jupiter is faith so this could have been like an instantaneous phenomenon for bonding with one another um also like maybe one of those friendships that i feel like we've all had where like you're instantly friends with that person you know it's like oh we're best friends now or you've at least known someone who does that but like maybe they both felt understood for once and like maybe it just felt like carl like meeting carl for justin might have like triggered his readiness to change After being seen with Justin so often, Carl started to hang out in celebrity circles and even became somewhat of a celebrity himself. But not everyone was super happy about that. A lot of the congregants said that Carl was pretty detached from the church. Um, He wasn't around that much, 
when he was, people said he would go out of his way to like hyper focus on hit the fashion he was wearing and only talk to you if you were considered cool, aka a celebrity. I know. So gross. I was like trying to look at his chart to be like, where is that like fuck boy energy coming from? He has from? Jupiter in Leo, square Venus in Venus and Uranus in Scorpio. He like he like loves his cum gutters and wants to wear low rise pants every day. <laughs> Ew, I hate that. Sorry. <laughs> but that does make sense. Um, I also think it's interesting too about Venus and Scorpio because not like that he was like super goth, but he had like those tattoos and you know, stuff like that, like was known for like the way he dressed. Um, so there at his church, um, people were getting annoyed because there was reserved seating for VIPs at the front of the church as if it was like a weird club. They're like parables is- against that. <laughs> and volunteers of the church were just starting to get super annoyed because, you know, the church depends on volunteers to get a lot of their work done. But people said the culture was just like Capricorn on steroids, like working 12 hour days and being treated like shit. And also ordinary congregants felt that Carl was just really swept up in catering to famous people. And, you know, the church was just becoming superficial, which is like the opposite of what it was supposed to be. So all of this is kind of like boiling up to the surface when all of a sudden news breaks that Carl had been cheating on his wife of 17 years. Oops. But yeah, a staff member found sexts on Carl's work (laughs) computer because in classic Gen X fashion, he didn't know how the iCloud works. (laughs) Uh, The messages were between Carl and Ranin Kareem, a jewelry designer from Brooklyn. And Ranin said she'd been seeing Carl for a few months uh, when the texts were discovered. So quickly after this scalding hot tea was spilled, Carl was fired, and then he later admitted to cheating, and he also said he had engaged in, like, more than one affair and was also kind of having an affair (laughs) at the same time. Jesus Christ. I know, which, yikes. But Brian Houston, a.k.a., like, the head guy of the church, fired Carl for what he called moral failures and breaches in trust. Yeah. Uh, sounds like it. But critics of Hillsong argue that Carl was allowed to be on his bullshit for so <laughs> long and that uh, Brian Houston turned a blind eye because Carl was bringing all of this celebrity and media attention, which, you know, is good for the church and probably led to some big bucks. But Houston denies all of that. He said that firing Carl was the end of a long road of frustration he had been experiencing with the former pastor. So, What was going on when Carl was finally fired from Hillsong? Okay, so that was on November 4th, 2020 in New York. On October 31st, there was a full moon in Taurus exactly conjunct Uranus. Full moons bring awareness and illumination, and Uranus is shocking news or behavior. And since the full moon is like when the sun is opposite the moon, the sun was also opposite Uranus. And regular listeners know that Uranus oppositions frequently show up in our breaking news charts. And this happened two days before Carl's birthday, so the sun was almost exactly conjunct his natal sun, a.k.a. his solar return, as well as his natal Venus retrograde and Uranus in Scorpio. So now we have, like, dual Uranus activation. It could be, like, shining a light on his shocking behavior, as well as shocking behavior in general, and just, like, exposing his filth. And then even more (laughs) insane is that it's during Carl's Uranus opposition. So the ultimate expose is, like, your own Uranus opposition, I guess. It's just, like, exposing the truth, which is, you know, jarring or surprising. 
And it just like totally blew Carl's cover. And I guess Scorpio and Taurus is the axis of sex. So, you know, it's not surprising, I guess, that it's a sex scandal. Ooh, interesting. So literal. I know. (laughs) I knew. I was like, I bet Uranus is going to be in this chart because it was sudden, um, or at least sudden to the public. But after Carl was fired, other women came forward. Is it a surprise? Probably not. To say that he was just like a real dipshit. And one of these women was a woman named Leona Kimes. Leona is currently a Hillsong pastor in Boston, but before that, she had worked for the Lentz family as a nanny, and she wrote an essay for Medium that kind of, like, aired all of Carl's dirty laundry. She said that Carl had sexually abused her and just had been really creepy to her and overly flirtatious, but, you know, Carl basically kind of threatened her and said that, you know, if she ever came forward and his reputation was ruined, he would um, ruin hers, too. Just like a man of God would. (laughs) Um, But the scandals didn't just stop with Carl. Hillsong is just really having a moment when it comes to controversies. One of their London preachers was moved out of a high leadership role after he made some dismissive comments about the murder of George Floyd, asshole. Um, A letter to New York leadership surfaced saying volunteers were being severely overworked. There were several instances of intolerance of LGBTQI plus people and plenty of shady financial dealings. One pastor even lied about having cancer (laughs) for some reason, and he was caught. A lot so, of pathology. Woo! Yikes. Yes. That last one is like the weirdest. <laughs> that is the weirdest one. But not even founder Brian Hewson could escape the scandals. Brian recently had to step down for the rest of the year after being charged with not alerting authorities about his father's sexual abuse crime. Oh so allegedly his father, who is now dead, sexually assaulted a kid in 1970. And the police are saying that Brian knew about it and never reported it. So now he has a three-week hearing back in Australia where they're basically going to argue that he withheld information that could have helped prosecute his father. So, yikes. Major yikes. But yeah, so Hillsong definitely has not had an easy few years. So generally, Dana, like what are going on with their transits? Well, the one major one, which is huge, is that Hillsong just wrapped its nodal return, which lasted from May 2020 through January 2022. And if you're a new listener, the nodes are eclipse points and whatever signs they're in are the signs where the eclipses will occur in that year or like over those years. So eclipses are like a huge deal. Um, One of the main predictive techniques in astrology Eclipses are like wormholes. It's like Donnie Darko energy. It's just like sudden shifts in your life where you're like taken on one timeline to another. People come into your life. People come out. The nodal return occurs every 19 years and reflects major life changes. One example we have is one Ben Affleck and J-Lo started dating again. It was their first nodal return since their relationship. Anyway, though. Um, so many nodal returns. Yeah, right? This season. Last so season, too. Faded events occur that were like always going to happen when the nodes aren't like involved with each other. So what what is also interesting though is that the year Hillsong was founded, there was a solar eclipse at 19 degrees Gemini and 11 degrees Sagittarius and then a lunar eclipse in Gemini at 27 degrees. And in 2021 we had almost like the exact mirroring lunations. The solar eclipse in Sagittarius was at 12 instead of 11 degrees and the Gemini at 27 was a full moon instead of an eclipse, but it ended that season. Weird. So it's just sort of like interesting that these degrees line up. They It doesn't always happen like that for nodal returns or nodal oppositions. Also, though, Hillsong has Saturn and Pluto conjunct in Libra. And in 2020, Saturn and Pluto were both in Capricorn, 
forming a square aspect to Hillsong's Libra placements. And so Saturn and Libra are like the planets of like power and like often endings. And Ortley uses the Saturn-Pluto midpoint as like the death point. And so Libra is a sign of relationships. It's all about like harmony and coming together. And Capricorn is about structures. And Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn was a time when all of our structures came crashing down. So this is just like pretty apt. Very apt. If you had a structure, it came crashing Mm -hmm. down. If you had one. If you had one. (laughs) There are no structures left in the world. (laughs) Obviously, that's not true, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, yeah. Overall, Hillsong, mega churches, you know, when you open those those, uh, closed doors, you're going to find some shit. Though we were upset that it wasn't like an, an occult, we have to admit. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll unravel more. It was more like fuckboy energy than um, the cult leader energy yeah, I was, was hoping like for. Male yeah, or we rice khakis. For, <laughs> we were hoping for some, but we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait uh, for the vow season two to get more cult vibes in our life. Yes, cult vibes. Please. Cult vibes. vibes. But next week, we're talking about another shady-ass character, and that is Simon Levive, a.k.a. the Tinder Swindler. Yes! Can't wait for that. That bitch. That bitch. Very excited. And with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. 